Welcome to Inside Swindonet Support with top guests and top tips. So, hi, and welcome to another episode of Insights here at Bet 2024, live from the Netsport stand. And I am absolutely thrilled to have Becky Keane uh, joining us here, uh, not just uh, from the US, just to join us. You're here doing lots of work uh, at the event. Uh, for those of you who are living under a rock and don't know who Becky is, <laughs> um, Becky, uh, can you share a little bit about your, your uh, experience in education and uh, sure. what led to you actually being able to be here at the event? Oh, absolutely. Brilliant. So I'm an educator, author, speaker from the United States. I've been in education for well over 20 years now. Um, I taught primary and secondary school, and then I went on to work for my school system as an instructional coach for about 10 years. And that was a very impactful part of my career. Um, now I get to broaden my reach, and I get to coach and support educators all over the world, um, primarily the United States, but occasionally internationally, which is a ton of fun. I work for a company called I2E, and we do uh, consulting, professional development, and content building for education, for things that we believe in. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. I mean, I, I, one thing I didn't know there that I've learned about you already is that you taught both in primary and secondary. Yes. That's quite an unusual thing. How did yes. that come about? Uh, I was asked to, right. to apply. So we were opening a brand new school that was going to be a technology innovation lab. Um, this was 2005. So one-to-one, completely paperless, um, doing the things we were seeing coming out of the one-to-one in Australia. Um, and so I had the opportunity to teach secondary in a pilot program um, with a small group of students as a proof of concept. We did a bunch of research in the two years that I worked in that environment and found that that was amazingly effective for students to be project-based, passion-based, um, doing things that were truly transformational. Um, and that has really been a, a huge part of my career path because I was able to then share that knowledge with not only my own school district, but eventually teachers around the world. And now there's you know people doing amazing things everywhere. So. Yeah, I mean, that, in 2005, Becky, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to think, personally, I, I was quite early to innovation. I mean, it was like really early. That's yeah, a long pre, time ago pre, now. Pre-tablet, pre pre-iPad. You know, that's <clears throat> absolutely fantastic to hear. She's always at the cutting edge of innovation is, is, is Becky. Uh, and speaking of that, so we were talking a little bit about AI. Right, uh, right. But, and uh, it's a hot topic everywhere. But, you know, just like, uh, you know, everything, you know, just... There's always that question of, oh, my product's got AI in it, or, you know, right, there's right. AI here, or AI that. But it's so a buzzword. What? It's a buzzword. Exactly, exactly. So, um, impact's super important. Right. Um, and uh, I know you're you know, really, really super um, passionate about making sure that the use of technology has that impact. Right. And we'll dive more into uh, some other things around this in just a moment. But um, what you're seeing is actually good in working with AI, Would you see it actually being useful? Well, one of the things that I think is a, I'm going to answer that in a moment, but I want to start with safety and privacy. Um, because I think what we're seeing is that teachers and schools are, and faculty members are very excited about AI. Mm. They're a little nervous. What, how is this going to change my instruction? How will this change the way I give assessments? How will this change what I'm asking students to do? How do I know if they you know, use, use the tools? Do I care? There's so many question marks. Mm. And people aren't really, you know, we don't know enough yet to commit to a, a, a really rigid policy. And so I think we have to start with the knowledge that kids need to be given access to tools that are safe, that 
are private, that are safeguarding their data. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And give them an opportunity to be creators and critical thinkers. So, you know, some of the concerns we're seeing around AI are the exact same concerns we were seeing in 2005 yeah. with the internet at large. You know, and so I was actually featured in a Wall Street Journal article um, with the headline, Legalized Cheating, question mark, in 2006. Because our students were using the internet to complete their assignment. Yeah. Because I believed that if they could find it on the internet, they didn't need me to quiz them on it. And so this, the shift to generative AI, especially, is now giving us this opportunity to say, okay, tw you know, 20 years later, same conversation. What are we really asking students to do? Mm. And how are they demonstrating their knowledge in a way that they should be using generative AI to support their learning? Um, it's, I call it the, 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 the writing version of the calculator. Right, we used to be so concerned about calculators, and we're really not anymore. So everyone has one in their pocket all the time. And so being able to think through those conversations at a school or system level is incredibly important. Yeah. I'm hoping that this movement will drive a transformation shift that education truly needs. Um, because there's no going back now. Yep. Our students have it. And so, you know, being able to choose the right platforms at the right time that really support learning and also give kids an opportunity to see their future, it's really important to me. Yeah, massively so. I mean, you don't ban children from going to the library, do you, right? So, no. <clears throat> why would you want to stop them from having access to all these sort of tools as well? Right, right. And we've, we've been teaching students for so long to ask humans for help, right? Yeah. You ask a librarian to help you find a book or you ask your... A caregiver to help you understand an assignment or you ask a classmate to review your work and give you feedback yep. and now we're allowing every kid on the planet an opportunity to get that feedback in an automated way um, and and in many cases that will be a very good thing no absolutely are you aware of bloom's two sigma problem have you seen that before no. So you'll be aware of Bloom's taxonomy, oh, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Okay, so um, Bloom did some more research. Right. Okay, and uh, he found that um, children who had access to a coach, okay, which oh. any, a, a GPT can be, right, 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 okay, will achieve two standard deviations, generally speaking, wow. two grades, mm -hmm. better than those children who don't have access to a coach. Well, if your coach is a GPT, right. let's say you've made it in ChatGPT or whatever else it is, right. and other platforms are available and things, you know, right. then obviously if, if every child in the classroom can have access to that, then we're going to see so much more learning, right? right. So, I, I'm, I mean, I, I get tingles thinking about right. the opportunities that are, are going to be available. And why wouldn't we want our children to have access to these sort of things well, to help that, them, right? This isn't a product pitch, but that does remind me of the Microsoft Learning Accelerators, right? Yeah, 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 Reading yeah, yeah. coach, math coach, uh, exactly that. coach, exactly that. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we're giving every student for free that feedback, whether it be their math or their literacy or their presentation skills. And, and, and it's creating this equitable environment if they have access. That, that then every kid can get some personalized support. You know, there's only one teacher for however many children. In many schools, it's exactly. a lot. So it, 
And that's why I was always so excited and think about things like reading coach, right? Right. Uh, because you, know, you can't get to hear every child speak all the time. But no. not only does it enable and facilitate children to do that and have those experiences, but it then, through the data dashboard, gives teachers the insights right. into knowing where those gaps are to offer more opportunities for practice. And the software even sort of shares those opportunities for further practice as well. Yeah. So as you say, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. It's, oh, me too. It, it's me huge. Too. It's huge. Something else, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I am. Um, something else I know you're really interested in and passionate about is um, uh, uh, sort of game-based learning and gamification and, and, yes, and, and all those sort of things. And we talked about Minecraft before as well. Can, can right. For those people who might think, well, Minecraft has just like, like a different kind of Lego. I mean, Digital don't get me started on how important Lego is, right? Right. But if a lot of educators watching and thinking, well, where do I get started with Minecraft? Right. Uh, and why is it important? Could you share some ideas around that? Sure. Oh, absolutely. So I've been fortunate to be focused on game-based learning for uh, six or so years now. I, I don't identify as a gamer. I wouldn't say, oh, you know, oh, I game. Um, I like board games and card games, mm -hmm. but I've, I've not been identified as a video gamer most of my life. And so learning about Minecraft in 2015 or so, I was really blown away because I'm the type of educator that is really focused on standards and academics and you know really wanting to push kids through empowering activities. And so when I learned that Minecraft could really teach anything, I, first of all, I was amazed. Um, and secondly, I went and I, th I thought, I had to learn more about this. And so I've been on that personal journey of realizing that game-based learning as a whole, certainly Minecraft is one major tool in that set of many, many, many games we can use in education, but it, it's, it runs on every platform, it's built in, you know, to the Microsoft set, so uh, any kid anywhere could really have access to Minecraft, and the in-game library is just really handy, so teachers, you know, they're saying, oh, I, I need to teach this math lesson, or I'm, I'm working on a science project, or I'm, I need to teach, you know, ancient Egypt and history, it, it's already built into Minecraft. And it's unlimited, and it's easy cleanup. You know, we have all, all the math blocks you want scattered around your floor in your classroom. Or kids can just build their math equation in Minecraft. So there's so much application there. And the engagement for kids is different because they're able to work really kinesthetically in a digital way, right? Um, it's a different way of demonstrating understanding. And then we can also create these really rich narratives with interactions in the game that, that bring kids in through a game mechanic like failure and you know they're, they're wanting to try it again. They're wanting to discover and see what happens behind the next doorway. So it's just such a different environment. I'm realizing that this has like gone weird on me. Here we go. It's such a different environment than watching a video, writing an essay, giving a class presentation. It allows students who have often never felt good about their contributions to a group project to shine. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that happen over and over and over again. So it's a joy to support it worldwide. Brilliant. Well, listen, one of the things I've noticed with Minecraft, those teachers who use it, love it, and continue to use it and evangelize about it, yes. but they're still in the minority. Not every teacher is right, using Minecraft. Right, absolutely. So if, you, if, if you're watching this now and thinking, well, this all sounds great, Maybe I will take the leap and have a remarkable sure. school 
it's great to learn that we can have access to it. Right. So where can people get started? Where can they learn more? Where can they sort of dip their feet in the water, so to speak? So maybe your editors will splash this on the screen for us. Um, but just education.minecraft.net is the main landing page. There's information there on how to download, um, IT, you know, information for their school. Yep licensing information, you know, how do my students log in? But one thing I do want to point out is that every year Minecraft releases an hour of code activity yep. that's available all year long. Um, and that one is freely available. So if your students don't have licensing, if, you know, for some reason your school doesn't have accounts, that's something that kids can do without having to nag the IT department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's open all year long. So that's a great place to get started, right. even if they don't have access to the full Minecraft. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. And um, in terms of training for teachers, because obviously it's important teachers got the confidence to, to sort of use right, it. And stuff. Right. So would that be the same website? Would that be education.microsoft.com yes. or somewhere different? Where would you go for so, that sort of CPD? I would just start there. There is a section on the website you can drop down and get trained. Um, and then there's asynchronous self-paced training on learn.microsoft.com. Yep. Um, and the Minecraft site just you know routes you over there. Um, or you can request actual live training through an instructor. Sign up for webinars or even bring in an instructor for your entire school. There's Minecraft training partners all over the world. We're one. But there are many all over the world that help with that, you know, in your own language, your own region. Great stuff. Um, we've got just a few moments left, okay, but I know you're really passionate about esports as well. And that links in nicely with it as well, right? So, yeah. um, bearing in mind we've got about two minutes left, but we have to right. cut it off. Right. Um, esports, where can we go? What, why is it good? I mean, I'm, this has been so impactful for so many children in schools as well. Right, right. Tell us about it. So, my biggest uh, love of esports is the fact that every kid can participate, right? And every kid should participate. So I do a talk on shaping a culture of inclusion with esports because it is the one team activity at a school yeah. that I've ever seen that truly can include everyone um, because there's inclusive adapters. There's all these ways that every kid can participate. And and they feel good about contributing to a team environment where there's competition, collaboration, communication, creativity. They're turning in their assignments because they want to be qualified to play on their esports team. Um, and that can be kids who have experience with physical sports as well as kids who have never been involved with any other after school activity. So it's really a unifier. And uh, we support coaching. Uh, for esports, because we care about that unifier in education and seeing that happen. Yeah. Great stuff. So, uh, just to wrap up, uh, where can people find out more about esports? Uh, well, you can do a search for I2 Esports, which is our team. Um, I you know, Hopefully, you'll link that. But um, that's a great place to learn more about what we do. Um, otherwise, you know, shows like this, there's webinars all the time. Um, the British Esports Association, the North American Esports Federation, um, they're always putting out free resources. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, look, we could have talked for an awful lot longer. We could have we sat do. here all day, but we got to go. But we do need to go. So thank you so much, Becky, uh, to Becky for joining us. Uh, thank you uh, to you for joining us again for this episode of Insights Live from Bet 2024 on the Netsport stand. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Bye.